Welcome to the episode of Know Your Onions. Our topic for today is the power of partnerships, because only then can you form your own hashtag. Our guest today is Shloka Nath. She currently leads the sustainability, policy, and advocacy portfolio at the Tata Trust, one of India's leading philanthropic foundations. She is also the acting director of the India Climate Collaborative, an India-led platform founded in 2018 by a group of philanthropies interested in continuing to accelerate India's development while also exceeding its climate goals. She is the vice president of Bombay Natural History Society, one of the largest non-governmental organizations in India engaged in conversations and biodiversity research. And she is a member of the advisory board of IUCN's Nature-Based Recovery Initiative. Prior to this, Shloka co-founded and was the managing partner of Sankhya Women Impact Funds, a gender lens fund with a focus on sustainability. She has spent over a decade in journalism with the BBC in London as a news anchor with NDTV and principal correspondent with Forbes in Mumbai. It's an honor to have you on our podcast. Welcome once again to our podcast, Know Your Animals. Thank you. It's an honor to be invited. Thank you so much for having me here today. You're welcome. So, uh, Shloka, being involved in so many initiatives, it, I'm very curious to know what does an average 24-hour day look like for you? And how do you maintain a balance between your professional and personal life? Who says I'm maintaining a balance? Um, no, it's a great question. And, you know, it's one that I think we've all sort of been brought up to obsessively think about, especially in this day and age, you know, what is the idea of balance at work um, and in your in your personal life? I think a balance between both um, is something that actually, you know, as terrible as the lockdown has been, um, it has actually afforded, you know, not just me, but many sort of people in my position who were working incessantly before uh, COVID and the pandemic um, forced us to really take a pause and think about how we prefer to structure our days um, and what we'd like in our lives. And so I think it's been a, it's been a year of reflection and a lot of introspection about balance. Um, and I think one thing that definitely helps me is... Um, very structured timings around work, especially now that we're all working from home. So, um, you know, I have a specific place in the house that I sit in, which is where I do my work. I also make sure that I um, start at a particular time and schedule my calls within those, you know, those specific hours. And then I end um, as, you know, at, at sort of a designated time, that's the same time every day. I try not to let it bleed into the evening. And when it does, let's say it's 6 p.m., or so, you know, whatever I have not finished for the day, and there's always a massive list um, mm. of things that are pending, I've trained myself to to leave it for the next day. And, you know, really sort of when I'm, you know, working, I work. And when I'm switched, you know, away from work or, or switched off from work, I really make sure I take time to be present and with the people that I love and care about. So, so that's how I'm trying to sort of balance it out at least these days. That's amazing insight. 
So on that note, let's dive directly into our first segment, which is the importance of partnerships. So we are looking forward to hearing your experience, whether it's good or bad. And if you could share some fun anecdotes, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, sharing who or with like, what is India Climate Collaborative? Could you tell us what is your experience with building it and what is the relevance of partnerships while building it? Sure. And, you know, I joke with the team a lot um, or all the time, actually, that we're, we're still building it. Um, you know, we we're deaf. It's like sometimes it's like flying a plane while, um, you know, you're building it. Like that's really the analogy that we use. Um, another one of my colleagues often says it's like tying her shoelaces while running um, because we're trying to do both things at the same time, which is build the organization and obviously, you know, do the work that we were set out to do. And, and those two can be sort of really heavy lifts on either end. But I think partnerships have been crucial to sort of both um, you know, the mission of the ICC or building the India Climate Collaborative. And I, I'll talk to you a little bit about what that is and what we're trying to do. Um, and then, of course, you know, partnerships or collaboration has also been key in just building the institution or the organization itself. I don't think we'd be where we are today if it wasn't for a lot of the partners and, um, you know, um, you know, relationships we've built along the way um, in, in, you know, helping us achieve our dream of, of what we're trying to do. Um, so the ICC was actually set up to leverage philanthropy as, you know, a conduit to really enable bold and ambitious climate action in India. And um, the idea always was to sort of drive more engagement around climate action in India, to drive more spending on climate solutions, um, especially from domestic, you know, donors or uh, funders. Um, and also, how do we reduce the inefficiencies in the system or, you know, fill in those gaps in the climate ecosystem in India? You know, we have so many sort of um, challenges uh, when it comes to sort of the current climate ecosystem. You know, there's a lack of adequate data or research on the ground. There's a lack of, you know, adequate policies that we need to drive climate action. And if there are policies, you know, implementation is an issue. Um, there's a lack of sort of collaboration. We have business doing its own thing, government doing its own thing, philanthropy and civil society are not even as involved as they should be. So how do we bring these diverse stakeholders together on the same platform to really drive coordinated, strategically aligned action towards you know, climate change or addressing climate change in India? And more broadly, you know, one of the big goals of the ICC is also to build that narrative around climate change in India? How is it going to be different in the global south than it is in the global north? You know, how do we choose to address this big challenge? Um, for India, it's definitely going to be tied into our economic growth and our development trajectory, as well as the priorities that we that we seek out, you know, as a nation um, on our path to, to towards development. So we have to be really cognizant of what those choices are and what those trade-offs trade-offs are right now. Otherwise, we run the risk of locking ourselves into, into a very carbon-intensive future. And we don't want to make those choices, you know, or lock ourselves into those situations. So that's really what the ICC is trying to do. And as I said, sort of, you know, partnership has been really crucial to, to you know, uh, making sure that happens. 
collaborative would not be in our name if it did not mean that you know we were we were sort of predicated on partnership to start with if we don't have people working together we don't exist so that i think is just really sort of the bedrock of who we are as an institution and what we're hoping to do i mean it's because collaborative like you just mentioned is in the name is why we thought it was you were the perfect candidate to give us insight on what it is to have partnerships uh and you know the just the process of building it and stuff so uh i mean you know it's always difficult working with more people like sometimes uh, you just there are people who just like working by themselves and getting stuff done and uh, that that whole phase of too many chefs spoil the broth so whilst working with different partners uh, could you share with us uh, any experiences of you know when you didn't agree upon something and how did you like come to a unified decision to go ahead with a certain part of your business you know my my grandmother has this saying where she says if two people agree on something then one of them is irrelevant and i've always kind of taken that to heart because it's really true like you you need disagreement or at least differences in opinion to actually i think drive um you know towards the best outcome so i'm not always i'm not really a fan of consensus like not all the time i think consensus can also lead to like low ambition and low aspiration you end up choosing sort of the common you know default sort of uh, denominator or the lowest denominator so you know if it will especially in group situations um so i think what's needed is like healthy uh conversation debate dialogue really respectful boundaries and environments where you create that kind of you know ability to sort of um you know share one's opinions and views but at the same time you have a decision making matrix or a means by which you sort of take decisions within an organized collaborative and that's something we've been very careful about structuring that you know um while a lot of our members or you know partners and even our founders have obviously got very particular perspectives about some of the work or even the way we're building the organization there is a commonly agreed to or adhered to sort of you know matrix in terms of how we how we take decisions at the ICC and how we move forward as as a whole as a collective so that was one thing that really helped us as i said was sort of you know building that base of decision making and then the second was um i think you know invariably when it comes to building a collective you'll know who's in and who's out and when i say who's in you'll know who's really coming into it with the right spirit with the kind of um sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for the the real sort of mission alignment you know and then you'll obviously be able to tell you know which are those organizations for instance where perhaps they have a more insular perspective you know a more sort of self interested um perspective and they're not necessarily the right partners you know for a collective at all but mm-hmm. some of those as i said you it's it's a question of you know building a relationship over time and trust and you understand you know fairly soon you know where people where where sort of those organizations and their values stand when it comes to the collective and then you have to be sort of careful about who you invite in you know so there is this there is this certain um period of you know understanding or getting to know each other or building that relationship that is really crucial to um 
to to building any collaborative and and through that process as i said you learn to build trust and this is something we just don't talk about enough which is building trust you know and mm-hmm. the values of trust of listening of patience like they're as crucial as ever before and they're really really sort of the again you know the the i would say like the basis for any real long term partnership um so that i think is sort of a big piece of you know how you try to sort of move forward collectively or even if it's individual partnerships you're building and then the third thing is um learning to lead from behind i think that's one thing also with in partnerships if they're sort of you know uh, bilateral as in just two parties then there is definitely sort of um you know a give and take in the sense you know what uh, at different times like one partner will step forward and the other one sort of you know um uh takes a step back or you know very often they can lead together where there are you know common synergies but it's it's usually and it's usually a bit of a dance of figuring out who can sort of bring you know what to the table and what are they best placed to bring to the table and at what time and i think that requires a lot of maturity on all sides to be able to say you know i now need to take a step back or it's better for the organizational institution if this partner or partnership were to lead forward and and if i were to sort of you know let them you know move um in 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 the direction that's needed and i i can sort of bring in a whole other set of um you know pieces that i can contribute to the partnership so i think it's a little bit of as i said making sure that there's a lot of maturity to not always have to be seen to lead from the front but knowing when is the right time to lead and when is the right time to lead from behind and and allow others to kind of pick up the pace so so there's a lot of dynamism in partnership in partnerships they have to be very dynamic and fluid and flexible and responsive to what the needs are of any organization Thank you so much, Shloka. That's some great insight. Uh, so, on the for our next segment, this is a question we uh, often ask at Fishy Star as well, which is, "What is the key to a successful partnership?" So, uh, I know you've already tapped upon this, but uh, so when it ca- when it comes to the ICC in specific, like you know, what 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 were some of the areas that you all did? were there some areas that you all focused on or did you all just like go with the flow and like you said it just was with regards to the intention of the people who you were partnering with did you all have any formal structure with regards to that we did i mean i think you know one thing that i would just hit off like straight straight away is trust which is which is what i just mentioned because i feel like even for us like there has been so much trust that has been handed to us um by our initial founders you know and and partners who who saw the value of what we were trying to do and really just allowed us to do it um you know who really backed us and and you know had belief that we be able to do what we were doing and and who really stood by us so i think you know being able to sort of work within trust you know um built atmospheres or environments where you know you've got sort of you know support um that goes without question and also a an ability to have an honest and frank conversation whenever necessary is so crucial to how things actually work um you can have all the metrics and you know goals and 
sort of you know mission vision all of that stuff you know it's built up and and we know how often that changes you know you're mm-hmm. you have to sort of again be so responsive to the needs on the ground and you can have you know five year plans that are set in motion but very quickly realize that you know those are you know those are things that may change based on what you're dealing with as i said on the ground um i mean just look at covid it's an it's a brilliant example of you know things we could not plan for um that mm-hmm. upended the whole structure of everything really and and the only way through and forward and i've seen this consistently for organizations who are seeking to last um mm-hmm. and you know have a sustainable future ahead of them is being able to you know have a real solid foundation of trust with their partners and that's definitely been true in the case of the icc it's it's the fact that we were given a mandate we were told to run with it and then there was faith in the fact that we would you know um do what was right and what was necessary and if that meant changing the mandate from time to time or not even changing refining that mandate that we had the backing um of the folks who who really were with us you know right from the start and and said and believe that we could do it so i think that's one big piece i think the second thing is commitment so it's trust and it's also and the need for clear and robust shared commitment amongst all of the actors especially in a collaborative because a lot of collaboratives that have not sort of survived you know previously um is when you know partners involved really did not have clear commitment clear shared commitment you know where some folks as i said were in for different reasons from the others um or their commitment levels varied you know or um you know there wasn't a sort of clear set of expectations that were you know communicated as a group um and i think what ends up happening as a result is the purpose of the very collaborative gets very tangential or biased towards you know whoever is the most influential actor in the collaborative or the most influential partner so you know if um if that's the case it's the downfall of your collaborative or partnership right away and i think you know a weak vision may also lead to a lot of uh, partners not really engaging very effectively because you know they may not feel like they want to commit as much you know to something that isn't really going to sort of get to where they wanted to go to so i think for all of these reasons you need um a very 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 sort of strong set of like i said shared commitment you know because those who don't sign up for it will drop out or dis- and disengage which is good you don't want people hanging around who are not sort of clear on what they're there for in the first place so mm-hmm. that's that's i think another big big piece of what's worked for us and what i would say is necessary so trust and commitment that's that's again great examples of uh, having a good foundation uh shloka so we were we've been reading a lot about you and we read an article about where you mentioned that the icc did a collaboration with sesame street now as a huge sesame street fan that got me like truly excited and i would love to hear your experience during that partnership um it was a really exciting partnership for us um we've you know been working a, for a fair you know amount of time now on building out an air quality program for the icc um and the sesame street partnership was really sort of bringing in 
um a very key stakeholder into the air quality debate um and mission in india which is obviously one the voices of you know some of the most vulnerable communities and mm-hmm. there's no one who's more vulnerable to the effects of air quality than children um mm-hmm. and so the idea really was not only to get their voices involved but how might we sort of use them as key participants again in achieving some of our mission objectives and outcomes and so that was um very much linked to why we did the project uh and i'm happy to say that not only did we get sort of some of the most key bright mature you know advice from youngsters on like what we should do on air quality and i'm talking about really young kids mm-hmm. we also got um uh you know an opportunity to hopefully build them out into um you know pieces of actual sort of policy that will go towards the next set of um you know election manifesto issue areas with their local mlas so all of these sort of pieces of advice are going to be um included in uh yeah hopefully like you know election manifestos for the next you know state assembly elections amazing uh so on that note uh does having a diverse background aid in building uh, solid partnerships um yes <laughs> uh is the short answer uh to that question absolutely all right uh so moving into our last segment then for our podcast so what is the prevalence of partnerships in the developmental sector i think they they're crucial to how the development sector functions i think collaboration you know it wasn't something that was sort of actively pursued um you know in the past i think in the last decade though we've seen a huge uptake in collaboration i would say even in the last 5 years there's a very strong recognition that when it comes to systems change issues we um cannot achieve the kind of outcomes or outputs that we're looking for as single or solo players you know it's one of the reasons we at the tara trust when i came on board to build out the sustainability portfolio realized that like you know we could give individual grants in these area in this area and don't get me wrong sort of doing that work is very very important and crucial um but there is an opportunity to have outsized impact on a broken ecosystem or or, or systems challenges i said i e the climate mm-hmm. ecosystem in india if we were to work with a whole host of actors together and drive you know um really sort of the right solutions where they were needed and so that was why again we decided that we built this and we built this initiative we built this platform and we will see what comes of it um and well not just what comes of it we're very keen to make sure that obviously we have an incredible sort of outsized impact on the on the climate ecosystem in india but it's collaboration that's allowed us to do that and um again you know not only in terms of bringing diverse stakeholders together um you can sort of challenge you know you can channel or channelize greater knowledge sharing you can um, drive you know f- uh, a bigger amount of funding to scale certain solutions or interventions um you can have greater sort of um uh i think you know policy making that's done at a level of again 
um shared understanding and and you know outcomes that are built in as opposed to like a whole set of trade offs that we're not even accounting for because we just don't have the right people in the right room and we're you know working on our own um so for all of these reasons and i think this is true not just for climate change it's true across the board where we're finding collaboration is just allowing us to do a lot more a lot faster and for that reason itself given how urgent all of these issues in the development sector are whether it's health or education or um you know uh jobs and livelihood etc i mean you name it all of these pieces require sort of you know interventions that work here and now um and can go to massive scale amazing uh on that note shoka let's end our segment with two things first is just a advice to our listeners when it comes to building partnerships or just you know with regards to the vision of uh, india climate collaborative and the second one is could you also tell our listeners where they could find the work that you all are doing uh, at india climate collaborative where can we find this information more in detail and read about it and be a lot more involved of course i mean you can definitely sort of check out our website which is www.indiaclimatecollaborative.org you can also sign up for our monthly newsletter via the website um and i think that will give you a sustained you know continuous level of like um uh, information about what we're doing and what we're up to um and you know we're always happy to engage with anybody who's interested in getting involved in india's climate challenge or wants to just learn more about it so yeah please do sort of sign up and um we look forward to hearing from you thank you so much and some kind words of advice to our listeners with regards to partnerships or just you know uh, climate of india Oh gosh there's so much I think the first is or perhaps the most important is don't give up um I know things seem dire especially when you read the news these days and climate change feels like it's you know everywhere and it feels like an immense problem and there is very little we can do and sometimes the news can make us feel really hopeless but I would really urge that you all you know whoever is listening to this or cares about the environment and the planet and and worries about climate the, the changing climate around them don't give up there is a lot of work that's happening a lot of good people who are out there fighting every day to make a difference and there's a lot you can do um and it's just a matter of educating yourself you know thinking about how to live a little more responsibly on the planet as well and what your choices are being translated into in terms of how you know our government runs or our economy and you are a very powerful you know person in this whole piece you are a citizen with an active vote um and that counts for a lot so you know use your power responsibly um think about how you want to actively engage with the issue and don't listen to the fearmongers who say that things are hopeless they are not um there is always hope and that's what we have to live on so i would say just keep your chin up and um yeah just you know keep yourself keep 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 yourself educated and aware and um just if you if anybody as i said before and just to reiterate if anybody's interested in learning more the team at the india climate collaborative is always on hand to help out Thank you so much for your time Shloka that's the end of our podcast today uh it's called the power of partnerships no 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 your onions
stay tuned for our next episode of know your onions until then bye yo yo onions know your onions